Welcome to the Arthroscopy Association's Arthroscopy Journal podcast. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association or the Arthroscopy Journal. Welcome, everyone. I'm Dr. Clay Nully from the San Antonio Orthopedic Group in San Antonio, Texas. Today, I have the distinct privilege of speaking with Dr. Timothy Hewitt, Professor of Orthopedics and Director of the Biomechanics Lab at the Mayo Clinic. Dr. Hewitt was the author on a paper titled Change and Anterior Cruciate Ligament Graft Choice and Outcomes Over Time which was published in November 2017 in the Arthroscopy Journal. His co-authors include Dr. Kidding, Pedroza, Rinke, Houston, Flanagan, and Spindler. Welcome, Dr. Hewitt, and thank you for joining me. Thank you, Dr. Nui, for having me. So let's start right off. What, do you, what is the main outcome of the study, and what, what outcome would you like readers and listeners to take away from the study in the, in the manuscript? So this is a study that comes out of the Moon Group cohort, the Moon Group Registry, I guess you could call it. And the most important thing is that we show that uh, prospective cohort longitudinal registry can actually lead to changes in practice. What we showed with this was that uh, a significant number of allografts were being done by our surgeons in the Moon Group. And when we looked over time and saw that in younger patients, there was a significantly higher failure rate in allografts relative to autographs, what we showed is over a relatively short time period, three to five years, our surgeons actually changed practice from the knowledge of that, and both the use of allografts went down and the failure of grafts went down. So again, what it shows is in the real world, registries, research, longitudinal data sets really have an impact on practice. Absolutely, and I think it's, it's definitely had a big impact on just about everyone's practice in terms of the you know, decrease in allograft, particularly in young patients. So that's, that's definitely one of the major trends. Um, are there any other kind of trends in in graft selection and graft choice that you see occurring now or that you see kind of coming out of some more as more of this, you know, moon data comes out and even some of the Mars study uh, data as it continues to come out as well? Yeah, you know, I'm currently writing a commentary on this. It's it's really interesting. If you look at your your autograph selection, so as everybody knows, that's primarily, primarily the bone tendon, bone patellar tendon, hamstrings, and then more recently, the, the quadriceps. So where we have the most data is comparisons, if you pull the allografts out and just look at the autographs, comparisons between hamstrings, tendons, and patellar tendon, bone, tendon, bone. And, you know, across my career, I, I, I'm sure is yours as well, this has only happened over the last 15 years or so, there was a major swing towards the use of hamstrings for many reasons quicker, easier, uh, more straightforward, uh, in some cases cheaper. And um, th there was a lot more use of hamstrings, but through the Moon Group data, through especially the Scandinavian registries uh, across the board, the Norwegian registries, the Danish, the Swedish registry, it basically all show that, that there is a significantly higher risk of failure of hamstring tendon grafts and patellar tendon grafts. The question that I'm trying to deal with in this commentary, is that difference clinically significant? And we did 
a meta-analysis with the group here at Mayo and Kate Webster out of Melbourne, Australia. And basically what we showed is there was about a 0.8% greater risk of a rupture, a graft rupture with hamstrings over bone, tendon, bone. And based on that data, a lot of surgeons have changed practice. A lot, it, it you know, is really swinging towards hamstrings where it, where it, it was back in the mid-90s, it was about 60 to 80% bone, tendon, bone. It swings. The, the trend swung in, in the opposite direction, where it was 60 to 80%, depending on location, depending on country, hamstrings. And, you know, with this new data, people, it, it's clear that surgeons are changing practice and moving back and moving away from hamstrings. But the question in my mind is, is a 1% difference clinically significant? And I don't know the answer to that question yet. And I think that's somewhere where we really have to go with our analyses from here. Could you talk about some of the patient differences in graph selection and trends based on patient demographics such as sex? In this particular study that you guys published, there were no differences based on sex, particularly as it pertains to allografts, but certainly there's been a number of studies in the literature that have shown differences based on patient demographics, particularly as it pertains to hamstrings. And so could you speak to some of your thoughts and some of the trends and outcomes and kind of future direction based on patient demographics, particularly in light of uh, such as patient sex? Yeah, and and that's it's a challenge because obviously even though some of these registries have relatively large numbers, say thirty thousand plus individuals, and in our case in our meta analysis we had over thirty eight thousand patients. The problem is when you start carving it up by sex and by age, you quickly lose power and you lose significance. But I will say the concerns are and the trends are there that the age effect is definitely there. The younger you are, the, the more increased risk you have of a rupture of not only an allograft, but also a hamstrings graft. And then hamstrings graft versus bone, tendon, bone, if you break it down by sex, it looks like the data is not quite there yet, but it looks like if you're young and female, it's clear there's been multiple RCTs that show that hamstrings stretch out more. That's known. That's that's clear in young females than they do in males. No doubt about that. And but people say, well, maybe that's not clinically significant. But the data hasn't really come out yet, and we have to look at this. But it appears likely that in the young females, not only do they stretch out more, they fail and rupture more. And the problem with that is, in the places where I've been, so I was a long time in, in Cincinnati, and we actually had, it was an interesting uh, place to work because we, I was at the Cincinnati Children's Hospital, and we worked with surgeons all across the region. It turned out at that time in the 90s through the 2000s, about half of our surgeons would be hamstring surgeons or it, about half of the surgeries that were done were hamstrings, and about half of the other surgeries would be would be bone, tendon, bone. But even within that group, the surgeons that would do multiple types of graft, they would favor hamstrings grafts in the young female, the young soccer players, say, whereas the same guys, if they're doing a, an ACL and a, and a pro football player, they're no doubt putting in a bone, tendon, bone, same surgeon. 
you if you ask them that you say well they'll they'll tell you well i need that big stronger graft in a in a pro football player not necessarily in a female soccer player and i think that thinking is flawed i think a, a female soccer player needs a strong graft and needs one that isn't going to stretch out and fail and rupture over time but not only that Female athletes tend to be very quadriceps dominant, bio, dominant biomechanically, and they underutilize their hamstrings to stabilize their knee joint. And to take medial hamstrings on an athlete like that, who's already quadriceps dominant, who we know a hamstrings graft stretches out more and ruptures more, that's problematic. Yeah, absolutely. I think you you hit the nail on the head right there. The old kind of dictum, or as we've all when we came through training and even within the last 15 to 20 years, you know, if it was a football player, they got a bone tendon bone. And if it was a female or a female soccer player, they got a hamstring. And it was just kind of, that was what most people did. Um, and now, you know, I've largely changed my practice for the very reason that you mentioned. Now, the majority of my females, they do not get a hamstring because A, it stretches out and B, uh, oftentimes they're small, especially if they're small female, it's a small graft. Even if you quadruple the semitendinosis or quintuple it or double it over with the gracilis as well. And, so I think those are all definitely major factors, and that's that's great information. So how do you think these trends are going to change in the future? Do you think a lot of people are going to start shifting more towards one graph choice back to BTB, more towards quad even? How do you think see these trends kind of going forward? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good question. And, you know, I've, there's definitely quads. People are moving more toward quads. I will be honest with you, if I had to have a, if I, you know, I'm scared to death. I've been studying ACL about 30 years now, and every time I hit the slopes, I'm getting getting ready to head out to Snowbird soon. And every time I get ready, I stop at that slope. I, I say a little, uh, you know, prayer and a, a psych job on myself. Don't tear your ACL because it's going to be really embarrassing. But hey, if I <laughs> right. did... If I did, I think I'd get a quad tendon. But, you know, it's yeah. interesting. At, at Mayo here, we hosted Mark Strauss, who's from Oslo, and he's he's been working on the, the Denmark registry. He's now doing his Ph.D. out at Vail. And he told me, so in the Denmark registry, I don't think this is published, but he, uh, we were just talking this morning. What he said is hamstrings failure rates are about 2.5%, and that's correct. And and bone tendon bones are about 1.8%. So there's a difference of about 0. 0.7, 0.8%. Just say on average about 1%. But so far in, in a relatively small cohort, their failure rate in quads is about is about 5%. So that's wow. a little scary. That's a little scary. It's double the hamstrings. But there's a lot of issues here. They're early out. There's a, there can be a big learning curve with the quad. There can be a, a big difference in how the quad is harvested and also how it's uh, anchored. So there, there's a lot of questions there in that. But still, even knowing that and having that uh, talk with Mark, I think I would still get a quad tendon graph for multiple reasons. And I'm, I'm writing that paper right now as we speak, too. An autograph quad, an autograph quad tendon graph. I, if it were me or if it was my kid, I think I would go with an autograph quad. But if I had to, if it was down to a bone tendon bone versus a hamstring, I would go with a bone tendon bone. 
yeah, I think you and I agree on that. I would go autograph quad as well. And if my choices were only VTB or hamstring, it would be a it would be a bone tendon bone too. So uh, that that basically answered my next question, which is in your male or female less than twenty five year old athlete, where do you see the trend going in the future? Because the gold standard, you know, still tends to kind of be, especially for the football players, like we mentioned, the bone tendon bone. You think that will shift in the future as we get more of this data, or will it stay that gold standard for a while? I, I think it'll stay that gold standard in the male professional athlete. I don't think that I don't see that shifting at all. But I do see in the young athletic female athletes shift away from the hamstrings to the bone tendon bone auto. Definitely. Thank you for sharing your thoughts uh, with us today, Dr. Hewitt. Dr. Hewitt's article entitled Change in Anterior Cruciate Ligament Graft Choice and Outcomes Over Time can be found in the November 2017 issue of the Arthroscopy Journal or online at arthroscopyjournal.org. Dr. Hewitt, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Dr. Noe. I really appreciate your time. This concludes this edition of the Arthroscopy Journal podcast. Thank you for joining us. Please join us next time.